Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Austin, Texas is Laura Valdespino. Laura is Chief Compliance Officer for Booking Holdings Financial Services. And today we're going to be talking about her session at the 2022 Compliance and Ethics Institute, Communication. It's not them, it's us. Tips and tricks to be understood and taken seriously. Uh, Laura, first, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today and for doing the session at the conference. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks so much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. I love this topic because communication is so important for compliance people. So let's, you know, dive right in. You know, communication, as you well know, is most effective when it's relevant for the listener. How can we best determine not just what employees need to hear, but also what they want to hear so that they're more likely to listen? You know, that's a very good question. And I think something that in the compliance profession, right, we really, really need to tackle this question and figure it out. And one thing I've seen throughout my career is that we rely on surveys typically, right? We'll send out a survey to our employee population and we ask what we think are the questions. Mm. And what I've always found, you know, later now in my career is that, I've had to remember that communication is a two-way street and a lot of times compliance can seem to be a one-way street where we're telling them what they need to do. We're telling them there's this training coming up. We're telling them and we're not doing as much listening as we need to do. And so, you know, you talk about what's relevant for the listener, but compliance should also be a listener. And not just when somebody comes to us with a problem that we're trying to help them solve, or, you know, is this a violation of a code of conduct, or, you know, is this an ethics, you know, issue? We need to be listeners to our workforce. And a lot of times I use the, the words business partners because that's what they really are. There are partners in all of this. And we need to be better listeners to them. And one way to do that, right, is, is to engage with them and do, you know, podcast, you know, like podcasts is one thing, right? But it's also, you know, where, where you can do a question and answer session. You could do in-person things. You could do, you know, things where, you know, it's like a coffee break, right? And so we, we do a coffee break we bring in some some donuts and coffee and we really have a conversation and once you start to engage in that conversation and listen to them people will always tell you what they truly think or what they truly believe if we listen with unbiased ears and lots of times we hear things with a bias already because we're, we're thinking about it from a compliance lens or a legal lens but if you listen with unbiased ears they will actually tell you what they want they will tell you what they need and it's our job i think then to decipher that and then put that in, in a meaningful way into our compliance programs into our compliance communications and it also then starts to lead into um, different things that will then make us a better better business partner for them and so the best way to determine that really is to just start listening and starting to have that two-way conversation I think this makes just a ton of sense because, you know, in truth, anything that we communicate is really there to start an action by mm -hmm. the person or, or, or have them not take an action, mm -hmm. which really is saying it's a dialogue. There is a back and forth there. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the idea that you should go in with your ears open and think not only mm -hmm. what you want to say, but what do they want to hear and what do you need to hear from them is a great approach. So yeah. how do we design communications in a recipient friendly way? 
Yeah, and so for this one, I would say it depends. Um, it de it depends on who you're talking to. Um, one thing I've always found is I don't talk and communicate the same way with the sales group, for instance, as I do with finance or the way I do with IT or the way that I do with marketing. They all have their own way that, you know, in, in those types of, of slivers and silos in our organization, they all have their own way of communicating. And what I found in a lot of compliance training or even our just our communications, we talk to them all the same way, but different groups listen and ingest things differently. So we need to design these in a way that's actually friendly to the group we're talking to. So does that mean sometimes we need to do a, a sales training completely different than the way that we talk to the marketing group? Absolutely. Um, sometimes one size fits all, you know, communications are not the best way to go. And it's more effort on our part, but you'll actually get more value and benefit out of doing that. You know, and, and for example, you know, I used to do in-person sales conversations every single week in one of my uh, prior lives. And that way, I actually heard it directly from them of what's their ask of me, what do they need from me, how can I be a better partner to them, and what kind of communications they needed from me. And all the way down, they would tell me the frequency as to how much they wanted that communication, what they wanted to be in that communication. And so that's how I think we start to design those things in, in a better way, is we have to really think about our groups as not a just one size fit all. Yes, we all work for the same company, but we all have different missions. We're all a different part of this company and we all do a little bit different things. I don't do marketing, I don't do IT, uh, which IT probably loves the fact I don't try to code things. Right. So I have to be able to tailor that in a way that, you know, developers and IT people understand and they understand things in a very different way than type A personalities who are out selling the product um, mm -hmm. if you're in that type of a business. And so you have to tailor those things. Yeah, no, you're, you're right, because it doesn't matter that you all are at the same company. Bottom line is you look at it differently based on where you sit yeah. and what's really important to your job or not. Now, as we talk about what we should say and do, what should we avoid saying and doing, I think, is the other half of the equation you need to look at. Yes, exactly. You know, again, this should be a two-way street. And I think, you know, we have a tendency to say we must do this. You have to do this. And that already puts people on the defensive, right? And so we have to avoid using certain language with them. And that's, you know, we, we need to tell them, you know, what the requirements are, absolutely. We need to tell them how we're gonna meet those requirements, but we need to say that in a way that doesn't sound like one, you know, we're dictating or that we're handcuffing people or that we're already smacking people's hands. Um, you know, we have to start doing that in a more inclusive way, in inclusive language, um, you know, in ways that that make them feel like we're there to help and protect them, not that, you know, we're, you know, unfortunately feeds a stereotype that, you know, like we're the ethics police or the compliance police and we just walk around and smack people's hands. We need to say these things where it's more like, look, we're all trying to get this, you know, get to this goal, let's get there together. And so you've got to use more of that inclusive language. The other thing I would say, um, and this is something that, I think between compliance and legal and, you know, a lot of compliance, you know, I think what half of us now are, are lawyers in the compliance uh, field. I am not a lawyer, um, but 
um, I work really well with my lawyers because I can take the lawyer speak and I can turn that into communication that then satisfies what legal says I need to say, um, but also then turn that into communications where it turns into that more inclusive, you know, kind of conversation where it's, you know, this is what we all need to do. Um, and so we've got to not use that legal jargon, even sometimes compliance jargon. They don't speak the way that we do, um, you know, and so the way that we even speak sometimes needs to be tailored to be more receptive to our actual audiences. And so we have to be very careful with the, with the, the words that we use, the phrases that we use and how we put that all together. No, there is a ton there and, and there is a need for, you know, steady communication. You talked already about right. one group that you had regular meetings with. Um, yeah. How do we set a pace that works for the workforce? Yeah, I think that goes back to what we talked about in the beginning, right, where we need to find ways to engage with them and have these conversations. And these conversations don't have to be formal, right? So when we talk about a pace that works for the workforce, it could be, you know, we're you know, donuts and coffee and, you know, a representative from each group comes and we all have a conversation or it's just, I have coffee and, and donuts with sales um, once a month, right? It's, you find a way that works for your group, but they'll also tell you, again, if we listen with those unbiased ears, they'll tell us how often they want to hear from us. Now, if, if the answer is, yeah, once a year when you tell me how you have to do training, we shouldn't take that as, oh, they only want to talk to us one time a year. That means that we've got stereotypes that we have to overcome because we're, they're not seeing us yet, right, as a trusted business partner. They still see us with those stereotypes. So we have to work to actually then, you know, kind of overcome those. But you really set the pace for based off groups, based off that listening, based off their feedback. You know, training, I say, is never just a one time a year thing. Training happens constantly. Um, training can happen on a daily basis where it's just snippets that you put out. Um, you know, so it really depends on your workforce. I think it also depends on your industry. It depends on the groups in your, you know, for your, you know, whatever your business may be, the different groups that you have. Um, you know, my, I had a, a CEO once who decided um, once he kind of figured out what I was trying to do with him, he said, I'm taking with you with me to every meeting, which became an all day, everyday thing. So, wow. Right. And which was great because he'd be like, hey, you're going to this meeting with me. And I'm like, why am I there? He's like to make sure I'm doing everything right. OK, great. Um, so really, it's setting you, you find the pace out of doing what we talked about at the beginning, which is becoming that unbiased listener. That will help determine what your pace is with your workforce and your business partners. Well, and, you know, that brings up something important to remember that communication isn't always just standing in front of a room or sending out an email talking. It's being next to the CEO can be yeah. a very powerful form of communication. Mm -hmm. Now, you talked about being a trusted business partner, and ultimately we want the communications and all of us in compliance to be trusted business partners and appreciated sources of information that help them do their jobs better. How do we get there? Yeah, we get there through a couple different ways, right? One is, you know, we've got to figure out, right, what's their motivation, right? To become trusted, we have to understand what it is that motivates them. Because again, it can't be a one-sided, it can't be a one-sided thing. And I think in compliance sometimes, right, it's seen very much as a one-sided thing. And so we have to figure out what their motivation is, um, what's their communication style, how do they like to interact, 
Um, and once we start to figure those things out and work that into the way that we approach our business partners, they start to trust us more because they're like, oh, they're actually listening to me. They're taking my feedback. Oh, I'm included in this. This isn't just compliance telling me what I can and cannot do. This is compliance helping to guide me. This is compliance helping me to do my job better. This is compliance helping the organization to reach our goals, whatever that goal may be. You know, oh, you know what? I know I can always go grab a cup of coffee with X compliance person. And it's just a conversation. It's not me coming in formally because I have a, a code question or an ethics question or I think somebody did something right. It can be just a conversation of, you know, well, what in your opinion, what would I do? Because they start to see you in that two way communication where we figured out their motivation, we figured out their communication style and we're really walking the talk. Right. This can't be a one thing, one time thing thing where we say, okay, well, we'll do this once and then it falls off the radar, right? So let's say they ask for monthly meetings and we just do it once and then we get too busy because they'll see that as, oh, you weren't really sincere. They need to see that sincerity and we have to put the effort in. And over time, they will start to trust us and we will start to break down those barriers and they will start to do these things. But it does take a lot of effort. And, and that's part of the reason why my session at the conference this year is it's not them, it's us, uh, because it very much is us. We have to be very diligent about doing this and we can't be passive. We can't just send something out once and wait for them to come back. That, that's a passive way, a very passive way to address this. It very much is circular. We think about our compliance programs being circular, but so is communication. And everything that we do in communication will come back and then we'll start to, to reap those benefits and you will start to become that trusted business partner. You know, I always joke about the CEO where he started taking me to every meetings and, you know, we do not work together anymore, but he will still to this day send me texts and ask me for advice and, you know, hey, you know, I'd love to get your input on this. And, and so, you know, once you start to earn that trust and you really walk the walk uh, and walk, you know, walk the talk that we do, you will earn their trust. And, and I still have that trust today, even though it, you know, can be five, somewhat 10 years later from the time that I actually was their compliance officer. So ultimately that's how we get there. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot to unpack there. And so, you know, I, I would, you know, love to be able to then you know to kind of do a follow up on this of getting into the weeds on just some of these topics because it's a lot and and it's a long process to get there, but it absolutely can be done. Well, it it, it not just can be done, you've done it, and I think that's yes. a great thing. And and you've taken compliance from a place where people don't see you as just the no department, but the people right. who enable the business and keep everyone going the mm -hmm. way you want to. Well, Laura, thank you so much for sharing these insights on this podcast and also for speaking at the Compliance and Ethics Institute. Uh, I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletow from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective. <music>